0: You're listening to American Songcatcher, tracing the roots of American music from its cultured past to today's artists playing it forward. I'm folk musician Nicholas Edward Williams.
1: Hey folks, I'm pleased
0: to bring you the fourth guest to embark on this sitting-in miniseries, a local legend in my neck of the woods, Chattanooga's own Lon Eldridge. Harboring a unique blend of traditional pre-war blues, ragtime, jazz, and swing, Lon has spent the last two decades evoking the styles of those who laid the framework of these genres, from the likes of Mississippi John Hurt, to Robert Johnson, to Blind Blake, and countless other musical masters. He's an avid collector of 78 RPM records and showcases his deep collection under the guise of DJ Passe. Lon's also a member of a gypsy jazz and swing group called the Night Street Stompers and has his own bolo tie business called Lookout Bolo Ties. For this collaboration, Lon expanded his skills once again to celebrate the work of Hawaiian steel guitarist Pale Keilua, who was instrumental in bringing the unique sound to America at the turn of the century, before it was adopted by blues, western, bluegrass, and country music starting in the 1920s. Lon is is also the only person to assemble all of Pyle's recordings and release them as a complete set. Here's his story. Enjoy.
1: influence of the Hawaiian steel guitar sound on American popular music cannot be overstated. In the hands of skilled players, with its distinct ability to mimic all of the emotive qualities of the human voice, the steel guitar arrested the attention of the American public in the 1920s. More than just a passing fancy, this Hawaiian music craze would last for decades, and its ripples are still felt throughout the world today. American old time, Bluegrass, blues, rock, country, and western styles all owe heavy dues to the Hawaiian Isles and its legendary guitar stylings. Not held like a traditional guitar, what sets a Hawaiian steel apart is that it is played on the lap with a slide bar instead of using one's fingers to fret the notes. This allows a player to play microtonally between the notes, creating vibrato, wild glissandos, and other extremely expressive techniques not easily achievable on a normal guitar. The back of the guitar neck is often square to accommodate lap playing, with the string height set very high to avoid any unwanted neck or fret noise. On Weisenborn-style guitars, the body and neck of the instrument are also constructed as one continuous hollow resonating chamber. Resophonic guitars, or resonator guitars, invented by John Dapiera in the late 1920s gave players unmatched volume, along with the distinct tonality of their metal bodies. The first three Hawaiian groups to record on the mainland and have widespread commercial success were the Hawaiian Quintet of the Bird of Paradise Company in April of 1913, the Tootspaka Hawaiian Troupe in April of 1914, and Irene West Royal Hawaiians in December of 1914. Pale Keilua was steel guitarist of the latter and would soon outshine his compatriots, recording four times as many sides as Irene West and Company. Most of these sides are guitar duets with bandmate David K. Kaili, who plays rhythm accompaniment on a standard guitar. Lua did, however, record several sides alone. His repertoire ranges from emotional guitar laments, to beautifully orchestrated waltzes, to sizzling up-tempo numbers with blistering guitar acrobatics. Lua's tone is unwavering and precise, like a resounding bell, setting the bar high for generations of steel guitarists to come. Punctuating the guitar instrumentals are the stirring vocal performances of the Irene West Royal Hawaiians Band. Unlike his music, not many details of Lua's life are recorded. Lua was born in Laie on the island of Oahu on February 6, 1895. In addition to playing guitar and steel guitar, he was also an accomplished violinist, playing with the Royal Hawaiian Band Glee Club. He made his journey to the mainland U.S. in 1910, never again returning to his native Hawaii, as far as we know. He would eventually join and tour with Irene West Royal Hawaiians in 1913, performing in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Indonesia. Recording sessions for Victor and Columbia came in 1914 and 1915. Later, he would travel to Brazil, where he made a living teaching music. From there, he would settle in New York City, where he passed away as early as 1917, or, according to one source, sometime in the early 1920s. Perhaps the best known tune recorded by Pali Klua is a tune called Kohala March. Let's take a listen. Ali K. Lua's legacy lives on in the generations of musicians he influenced and taught and in the recordings he made. Let the ghosts caught in the grooves haunt your imagination and inspire you to new things. The full compilation and discography with liner notes is available at my band camp at lawneldridge.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening everybody. I'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Intro and outro music was by Lon Eldridge. Special thanks goes to him for taking the time to share this story. You can find all of Lon's eclectic projects at the links in the description. This episode was brought to you by the community on Patreon. If you want to support this independent program, be all that it can be, visit patreon.com/slash American Songcatcher. Here's to the songs of old. May they live forever. See you next time on American Songcatcher.
1: Gone, and our dreams grow.